You're listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us for the Worshipology podcast. This is a podcast, a conversation geared towards worship leading, uh, worship teams, musicians. And today I'm sitting in the studio in Baltimore, Maryland, across the table from Tyler Bish, uh, music director. What would you call your role here at Mosaic Church? Yeah, I'm the music director. Mm -hmm. Music director. So this guy, I mean, the first time we played together, now I've been leading worship coming up here back and forth from Nashville first, then back and forth from Richmond now. And uh, the first time I think we played together, you were on electric guitar. Probably. I came back, you were on drums. Yeah. Then my third time you were on keys and I was like, wait a minute, this guy's a freak. Like, (laughs) is there an instrument you don't know how to play? I know how to play a lot. <laughs> I'm a nerd. I'm a big nerd. Dude, so this this time I'm really excited this conversation because most of our podcasts up to this point have been with worship artists and songwriters, but really in the world of worship, there's not many teams right now that don't have an MD, somebody that's really putting it all together from the music side, working with bands and musicians. Yeah. So Tyler, I'm excited for this conversation, dude. For our listeners, just... Maybe share a little bit of your story. How'd you get involved in music and, in mm-hmm. particular, worship? Yeah, I um, I did not grow up playing music. I have a weird story. <laughs> um, I didn't get into music until I was in 11th grade. Oh, wow. Um, I was just at a friend's house. He had a drum set. I sat down. For some reason, it was fairly natural for me to like figure it out. And I just took it super seriously. I took lessons from a guy around here that was a pro drummer. Um, and I loved, I, I, I'm just wired just like my dad. I'm very hand-eye coordinated and I love details. Yeah. And so music is just a great avenue for that. And so practice like crazy. I ended up like only after two years of practicing, I was like, I think I want to study music. Wow. And my parents were like, you sure about that? (laughs) (laughs) As every parent says to their young musicians. I know. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I love you. I'm going to do it. So I studied music, a bachelor's in, um, Jazz, drums, performance, and wow. and then I got a minor's in education. And then, so I fresh out of college, I went to the church I was grew up in. They had a private Christian school, and they were a church. So I was mm-hmm. a music director. Well, really, I was a worship leader, um, and then the music director, and then I taught in schools. It was so much work. Wow. You know, it's like, it was, I worked like seven days a week. Wow. A little too much. That's a little bit. Um, then I ended up leaving that church, and... I, dude, this is the story I wanted to tell you about. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is wild. So Elevation Worship, back in the day, remember there was their only King Forever album came out. Wow. And you know, what was Great that, record. 2000? I don't remember what year. It was probably like 12. 12, or 13, yeah. And I was like, who is this church? Yeah. yeah. It's like rock and roll. Yeah. And I, I love the album. And then that was my first introduction, like Stephen Furtick. I was like, who is this? And so I said, yeah. whoa, this man is screaming at me. <laughs> so they, I was super into the music, and they they tweeted out one day. They were like, hey, we're holding auditions. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to go. Wow. So, well, no, I sent my videos is what I did. I sent my videos. I sent it in on, I actually made this video. I have it. I'll have to send this to you on YouTube. Where I want to see it. I played everything, <laughs> and I at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the things that all the squares, and then oh I like gosh. I sang. I did like exalted one, nice. uh, in the midst of the darkness. Yep. You're the light. And so um, they called me back and said they want me to come in on drums and bass. Wow. After that video, so I was like, okay, and they were like, and th- that audition is in two weeks. I was like, oh, oh wow, uh, in person. Let's and I was go. in Maryland. I didn't think they knew that I was from out of town. I didn't think they knew how big they were, though, too. Yeah. Because, so I was like, okay, uh, 
And so I was in the process of leaving that school and church, so I, I interviewed in, in Montgomery County Public Schools, literally walked out of the building, undid my tie, and drove seven hours down to Charlotte. No way. Matthew's campus, did drum audition a person, bass audition a person. And they had these series of questions they asked. They were like, what campus are you currently at? What other serving teams are you in? Mm. And I was like, uh, no, I, I drove down here from Maryland. And they were what do you mean? Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? What do I mean? Like, I drove down here to... Yeah, I saw up. a tweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was it. That's crazy. I didn't get on the team, and they were like, yeah, you don't go here. I was like, okay, I guess that was weird. So I, <laughs> I emailed them, and I was like, is there a church that does what you do? Because I, I was in the hallways. I met this girl that was, like, fresh out of rehab, like, loves Jesus. Wow. Was, um, Ele- Elevation, I'm saying, was like, Elevation was a safe place for her to get plugged in, serve. And I was meeting all these lost people. Lives changed. Wow. And I was like, is there a church in Maryland yeah. that has great music, great like uh, ministries, excellence, and reaches lost people? And yeah. they're like, we got a church for you, Mosaic Christian Church. Wow. Um, and so I went on their website, and they were hiring a music person. I was like, wow, look at this. That's kind of cool. Audition? They told me no. <laughs> You're kidding. Mosaic <laughs> told me no. Wow. And, I, and I was like, I don't care. Can I like serve here? Yeah. So it was like one of those now, things. Now, see, that's a really good mentality. Like, okay, I didn't make the team. Instead of getting jaded, yeah. you said, okay, I want to serve here. Mm-hmm. That's big time. Keep going, man. Yeah, so I was in the service, and I was like, all this makes sense about like lighting and production and distraction-free. And I, just, I, I grew up in a church that they didn't really care about production, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But... I, I, I cared about it. And so I was just like, yeah, that, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes sense. And these songs are modern. Not that modern is better, but like these songs are relevant. It's like mm-hmm. what people are listening to. And then, and, and the preaching was great. And, and, and I was like, I want to audition. And so I was told no, but I was like, I want to stay here if that's cool. Wow. And they were like, yeah, of course. We would love to have you. So I served. And um, while I was there, their music, their music guy was let go. And so I was just like a key volunteer. And then yeah. they were like, hey, do you want to work here actually? <laughs> and I was like, actually, I can't. <laughs> oh, so first you get turned know, down. Then it's like, well, I can't. No. It's a funny story if you ask wow. uh, the guys in charge here because they were like, you told us no. I think they offered the job to me three times. And the third time I took it. Wow. Um, and so I've been on, I've been attending here since 2015, but I started working here in 2018. Mm. And I've been their MD ever since. And I think we met in 2017. I was planting a church in Nashville before yep. I moved. I met with Mike, the creative. He's like over creative here. Yeah, now he's XP. Yep, yep, XP. And at the time, he was like, hey, we're, we're contracting worship leaders. So it was a great thing for me to kind of from Nashville back to this area, mm-hmm. 45 minutes up the road from D.C. I could see my friends on a weekend, yeah. lead worship here, get plugged in. And so we met back then. I've been coming up throughout the years. Yeah. And it's just been so cool to kind of see the journey here. But really, to me, like your role is so pivotal in the growth of this team. And when it comes to the role of an MD, what does your week look like? And, you know, maybe we have somebody listening right now that's like, oh, I, I want to have an MD at our church, or mm-hmm. maybe they are an MD, and they're mm-hmm. just trying to figure out how do I get more balance here? Or there's somebody listening that's like, man, I kind of play a little bit of everything. Could this be a role for me? So yeah. talk to me a little bit about what is your role as a music director at a fairly large church mm-hmm. that is reaching the lost, mm-hmm. uh, you know, leading modern songs. What does that look like on a day-to-day basis throughout the week? Yeah. Um, so I, I have. it's hard for me to connect with other guys that work at churches because my role, I have yet to meet someone that has the role that I do. Mm. Most people hire like a worship person yep. up front singing. Mm-hmm. And I do, I can lead worship. I, I'm a, I, I, would, I always tell people, I'm, I'm a good singer, but I'm not a good worship leader. 
Mm. I'm not good at like like what Trent did today. Curtis served. I mean, yeah. he was yeah. just so powerful. So were you. I can't do that. Yeah, I don't have that bone in my body. But I, uh, I'm a hyper nerd. I love, <laughs> I love practicing. So I really like in my private life and at work. Like I just work all the instruments on stage. I can play. Uh, at a fairly competent level. Yeah. So I'm wired that way. So I can speak to those instruments. And so I, uh, to get to your question, I, I build tracks and I create arrangements. I create basically the service flow in Ableton. We're, we have a pretty locked in service flow. It's all almost all on the grid, okay. minus the sermon. Um, I'm organizing my teams. I'm scheduling the teams. Um, I definitely do like band instrument development, meet mm-hmm. with them with lunches. Um, I'm finding contractors, I'm scheduling contractors, I'm flying them in. And, and, and that's something that's pretty unique to Mosaic, contracting worship leaders. And we can get to that in a moment, like sure. just talking about how you have to be, be able to kind of flow from one style, one personality to the next person because mm-hmm. you do that so well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you guys pretty much contract the worship leader role. Yeah, almost all of it, not 100%, but a uh-huh. lot of it, yeah. Yep, and then as the MD, you're you're scheduling the songs, getting the band rehearsed, acclimating all the you know tracks and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you're running Ableton. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. okay. And so do you make your own tracks or you do pretty much... Get them from you know multi tracks or loop community whatever that is. We do a mixture of the two. Okay. Um, sometimes I mean most of it's multi tracks, right? It's easy. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes my pastor comes to me and he's like, "I was at this conference. I loved this song. I'd love to do it," and they sends me a YouTube video, and I mm. go, "Well, the tracks aren't available." So uh, usually what I do is me and my boy Kmo Christian, mm-hmm. a keyboard player. Shout out to Kmo. Look him up on Spotify. <laughs> um, He's great at mixing and, and producing, and so I'll lay down drums, strings, guitar, bass, and then I'll have K-Mo do the keys, and then I'll have him mix it, master it. Um, so it, that's not unusual for us, yeah. particularly, and we'll talk about this later, when we do specials, not all tracks are available for songs, radio songs, so yep. we make them ourselves. And that, that becomes time-consuming. I mean... I bet. 40 bucks a multi-track, boom, you got a song, or, mm-hmm. you know... 40 hours. Wow. Maybe not that much. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but it's a lot, you know. Hey, <laughs> if you're doing it right. Yeah. That's pretty wild. So when you're when you're putting together a set, um, and this is for, you know, maybe somebody that's listening that they've never used Ableton, wh- what's a good step into that world? I mean, a lot of places are running tracks or at least a click and a mm-hmm. pad. What's a good step into that world um, where you're trying to uh, audition more instruments and get more people involved, but also balance it with like the multi-tracks and like, how do you, how do you decide what goes in? What doesn't go in? Is it like, Hey, we're going to put everything in and then we're playing on top of that. Or is it like a balance of like sonically, Mm. Hey, it doesn't make sense to have this playing because we have that on stage. Yeah. Yeah. What does that look like for you? Of course. That's a great question. And, and the first part you asked is like, cause sometimes Ableton is a big hurdle, particularly mm. if you're like not familiar with a doll whatsoever, digital audio workstation. Is that mm-hmm. what doll stands That's for? it. Um, but these companies like Loop Community and Multitracks have like a first tier thing. Like you can just run it on an iPad or a phone. I've seen that. Yeah. Playback, I think is what it's called for Multitracks. Yep. And you can either rent and you don't have to buy the songs. You can rent them. So it's like a low price point and you just do a headphone out from an iPad or an interface and you can just do click to one side and tracks to the other, and mm-hmm. you can turn off. And I always tell people, like, if it really intimidates you, turn off everything. Wow. And just have the click and cue and maybe a pad. Because mm-hmm. maybe your sound guy's not used to it too, right? you got to have the inputs. True. yeah. And and if it feels, a lot of people say it feels phony to them to, like, do tracks on stage. And I, I get that. But do something that just accents what you're already doing. That's good. Turn on just, like, two or three keys parts. Percussion. 
Yeah. That's it. Yeah. As you feel more comfortable, add stuff. So when it comes to us, you know, we we have really competent sound guys, and we contract that position too. I mean, you think about it. That guy might be the most important person in the room to well, make everything happen. Yeah, you could have an all-star band, but if somebody didn't know how to mix them, yes. uh, there's, there, that's, a, that's a disconnect. So we put really high-quality people there. So what I do is I build a session. I leave everything in for multi-tracks, but I turn off the parts that are being played on stage. So today we had two electric guitars, yep. and I know the parts they're playing, so I turn that off in the tracks. I leave the others in. Uh, I play piano today, turned off the piano. I turned off drums, turned off electric bass. I leave synth bass in. Okay. Um, and then I... I only leave on like gang vocals that are like big mm -hmm. and not individual vocals. Um, mm, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't want anything that's on. So not like one female Correct. singing the alto part, but maybe like a choir in the yes. background that just kind of yes. adds to the bigness of a song. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get people's feelings of like you want to be authentic on stage. So if I don't, if we don't have an acoustic guitar player on stage, I don't have an acoustic guitar on the track. I try not to. Yep. Because sometimes if like we're doing Graves in the Gardens. That part is so <laughs> iconic at the top yeah, end, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I try not to do anything that's not on stage to be in the tracks. And then I trust, and I, we actually have it sent to the board down individual channels, stereo mm -hmm. channels. Mm -hmm. So the, the sound guy is really in, in control of what gets into the house. Wow. So keys are separate, synths are separate, guitars are separate, bass, percussion. So he's really mixing the tracks as the instruments that they are. Yes. Not just one left and right stereo mix. Yeah, we have that's 16 cool. channels from Ableton to the board. Wow. Yeah. You know what's interesting, and, and I caught this in what you were talking about, you're using the tracks not as a crutch, but as an enhancer. Mm -hmm. I think that's the key when you're using multi-tracks on stage is it's like, you know, because I've been in church scenarios where it's like, it's just a singer and a, you know, maybe an acoustic, but then they have like drums and bass and sax and I mean, everything you can Coming imagine. Coming tracks. And yeah, and it's yeah, like, okay, it feels weird. you know, it definitely feels like, Carry so you open. have to use them as something that's going to enhance what you mm -hmm. already have on stage. Mm -hmm. You guys do that really well. So when you're working with the musicians in your band, um, are you just pinpointing the parts for them to learn? Or is it like, because I know, you know, obviously like, and, and, you know, there's different ways to, you know, plan out sets and whatnot. Planning center is probably like the bread and butter of, of most course. churches out there. Um, you can kind of like load in a song and it will load in, you know, electric one, electric two, bass and all that stuff. Are you just saying, hey, learn this part? Or is there a little bit of flexibility? Like if they want to come in with like their own sounds? Because that was a big conversation in 2015 when we started using tracks at National Community. Mm -hmm. It was like, well, I want to come up with my own part. And then I would, I would be like, well... You got to think about it. Yeah. Um, Nigel from Hillsong was in the studio for two months. He's amazing. And he worked his butt off to come up with this part. <laughs> yes. So it may be the best part for the song. I don't know. Yeah. You know, so how does that conversation go with you guys? Because great players here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm really proud of our team. They're, they're so awesome. People can't believe that we're like a volunteer band. So, well, okay. And that's, we're going to talk about that too. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So good. Um, so I make all of the isolated tracks personally for these songs. I, 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 this, I don't know if it's something you pay for, but Planning Center doesn't up... One time I did Run to the Father, I put it in, and it just uploaded these rehearsal tracks for me. And I was like... Yeah, hey. I think it's a new thing that they just updated it with. Okay. It's pretty it, rad. I've only seen it happen once, but I make all my own. And I make it with our click and our cues, and I curate the parts to them. Um, and I also do something that's that uh, it's pretty generous. We pay for worship online for our team. You know, there's there was a couple at the time I, I started paying for it. There's like two or three of these companies that like to teach you how to play your worship songs. There's okay. like worship to uh, worship together or worship 
community or something. I don't know. And then there's yep. worship online. Mm-hmm. And so I, they seem to have more of the songs that we do. So I pay for it for everybody on the team. Wow. Um, and it's something people can pay for themselves. It's probably nine bucks a month, but it's yep. excellent. Mm. Shows you how to play the parts. And now when I make the isolated, it's, I, when people hear this, they might think it's overkill, but a clear is kind, as we like to say. Brene Brown said that, I think. Who say that again? Clear is kind. Clear is kind. Because, I mean, how often have you been at rehearsal and they're like, I didn't know what you want me to do. So good. Yeah. Right? And True. so I have ultimate clarity. So I go and worship online, and I'm like, that's the guitar part they're going to show. So I make sure the track that's on Planning Center is that same guitar part. So you can watch it, you can listen to it. Mm-hmm. So every instrument, if you were on my Planning Center, you'd see EG1, EG2, acoustic, bass, keys, everything. And then yeah. I have the master practice track. This is the click the session you'll hear in your ears on Sunday yep. and at rehearsal. It does two things for me. One, if you, if you what, what do you want me to play? Here's exactly what I'd like you to play. Mm-hmm. And then two, you know, and this is when it comes to managing a team, if somebody shows up to rehearsal not prepared, I know it's not my fault. Wow. So then I start going, okay, well, t- tell me what, what's going on in your life or what, what happened? Like, what, why are we not prepared? Because I also make sure they have everything two weeks out before rehearsal, which I know for some people sounds crazy. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're pretty calendar-driven <laughs> here at Mose. Um And then you asked me something else about, oh, oh, parts and, and um, individuality. Yeah, just like bringing your own spice to it. Totally. What does that look like? So I'm a huge advocate for improvisation. Yeah. I told you I have jazz drums. My master's, jazz, yeah. my master's is in bass, jazz bass performance. Wow. I love improvisation, right? But I That also, just made me think of the spinal tap where they go, they go in and do the freeform jazz, jazz odyssey. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I love improvisation, but it, it has to be used well. Mm. And one, you have to know how to do it. That's, that's a good point. Because you do practice things so that your improvisation is excellent. Anyways, most people, they, they love to stick to their parts. And I, I always teach and coach people about like, we're a, we're a pie piece. And when we come together for rehearsal, you occupy a very specific sliver of a pie. Mm-hmm. And everyone else has it too. As soon as we start stepping on mm. other people's toes, you're stepping on in other people's areas. Now, I do have guys in the team that are excellent impro- improvisers and they know how to handle themselves well. Yeah, And I do give them freedom to do that in specific ways sure so that way that they they can contribute and they don't feel boxed in mm-hmm. um but they they all, all all my team gets it man um and like today you play with two very good guitar players yeah, yeah. and we kind of crafted out wednesday of like hey here's an area where you can kind of throw in your own flavor and, yep. and same for this guy that's and cool so, so we pick and choose yeah that's great so you know we were talking about this earlier volunteer culture yeah a lot of churches all across the country and even across the world you know this is a conversation i've been leading worship for 25 years it's a conversation that's come up for just about 25 years yeah. whereas do we pay musicians do we have a volunteer culture um, you know, I've been in churches that do both, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe you pay this person who's, you know, I just had a conversation with a worship pastor in Texas last night on my drive up here. And, you know, they've got a guy who's played, um, you know, seven services in a month. It's volunteer culture, but he just sent him like a $50 Starbucks gift card just to say, Hey man, I appreciate you. We see you. Yeah. Um, so I think there's ways that you can balance that, but how do you maintain morale mm-hmm. and excellence mm-hmm. in a volunteer culture? Like there's this balance of like, well, we're volunteers, so I didn't have the time to learn this part. But, you know, I think you also want to be a part of something that's good. Like I was talking to somebody just the other week and it was like, isn't it more fun to play in a band where you're all just crushing it? Yes. Like instead of like, yeah. you know, like, oh, well, just play whatever you want. And then it sounds awful and everybody walks away like that. That just wasn't fun. Yeah. Um, so how do you maintain morale? And I know we're super practical on this podcast, but I love it because there's so many teams out there and bands out there that are wondering, well, wow, we have volunteers. How can we 
ask them to learn the parts and come in prepared mm-hmm. when they're working 40 hour a week jobs. Yeah, kids. Kids, life is busy. Of course, post pandemic, like yeah. man, it's busier than ever before it seems like. But there is this drive in all of us to be a part of something that's great. Mm-hmm. How do you guys do that so well here? One of the things that drew me to Mosaic, and it's just part of our DNA, is a, a culture of care and honor. Mm. Um, and it, I mean, and you got a budget for it, right? Yeah. And so there's a there's a big part of our team, and I inherited some of this too. I mean, shout out to Mike Winger who managed mm. this for years before we hired somebody. It's just care and culture, uh, care and honor. You know, when you ask a lot, mm-hmm. you ha- you should love on them a lot. It's, That's good. Say that again. That's really good. If you ask a lot, you should love on them a lot. I mean, think of it mm. like like a bank account. You got to have deposits in order to make withdrawals. Yeah. And so if you're constantly withdrawing, you're going to burn that person out. Wow. But if you deposit a lot too, then you you can make big asks. Wow. And, and so, um, you know, and the the cool thing about our team is like we've been doing it for so long that it's just people they just want to do. I mean, like you said, it feels good to play. It's good yeah. music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and at rehearsals, like it when you want to show up, we have a culture of like you want to show up. Like I tell people, songs should be at like ninety five, ninety eight percent. Wow. And the last couple percent, we'll work out together. But if you're like the weak link at rehearsal, like you kind of feel it. And it's not shame, and I'll talk to you off to the side, but um, it's just, you don't want to be that guy, and you don't want to make it, I mean, with a band, if you're, if, if you're not prepared for rehearsal, you're letting each other down. Mm. You know, it's like a team, like sports. Yeah. My, anyone who listens to this knows that I don't even watch sports. <laughs> but let me tell you about sports. <laughs> let me, uh, uh, what are they playing these days, badminton? Badminton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's really all about care and, and, and honor. Wow. I, if, if I ask a lot of you, I, I'm going to follow up with you. And, and, and I work really hard. And, you know, if you're on my team and you're like, liar, I really try to get FaceTime with, with my guys and my girls. Obviously, with, we have to do the Billy Graham rule, so I have a third yeah. party. But, um, you know, I, I think that goes a long way, man. People, mm. people want to be seen and heard. They want to know, hey, you worked really hard this week. Yeah, I did. Thank you for that. Wow. You know? That's, that's so key, and I think for anybody that's listening and working with teams, if you're the worship leader, worship pastor, or music director, knowing that you can't make the big ask if there's not the big care. Yeah. And I just think it's so key in this day and age because it's it gets so easy to just be task-driven and like you get in the flow and week by week by week, Sunday always comes and you mm-hmm. get in that mentality of like, we need to get these songs great, but then, you know, people burn out. It seems like I talk to a lot of people who reach burnout and there's no there's no reason for that. Like we, mm-hmm. we should be loving people in a pastoral way, caring for our teams. You guys do that really well here. Well, a good leader too will tell will tell a volunteer no for them. Oh yeah, that's good. Right? Like, hey, listen, Tommy, made up name. No one on my team is named Tommy. <laughs> you have been serving eight Sundays in a row. Wow. I know you have two little kids at home. Yeah. How about, well, we don't even need a second guitar player this week. We'll be fine. Like, sometimes you got to say no for people because they don't know how to. Mm. And the next thing you know, they're, like, mad at the church or mad at me. And it's just these little, you know, and this speaks to this whole thing. Mike Winger taught me this years ago just about, like, course correction and vision. You know, if we have a vision of excellence and preparation and being able to say no, as soon as you see, like, a one-degree separation from the vision, you got to tap that back into place. Mm. One degree... Fast forward six months is now 15 degrees. Right, right. One year, yep. they're not even hitting the target whatsoever. Wow. And so th- just this excellence and honor and, and the vision, we just keep people right on. It's like you got to learn how to say no, man. Wow. 
Uh, and I tell, I mean, we use the blockout dates in Planning Center. I, sure. I I try to honor that as best as I can. Sometimes you go, hey, I know it's a blockout, but I could really use it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's, what's, what's a good rule of thumb, though, like to have people serve once a month, twice a month? What does that look like? The the difference between burning out where you're serving every weekend and, yeah. and you're you're doing Wednesday night youth and Tuesday night prayer and you know yeah. a small group for this person and that. So it's like there's a there's a degree of like burning out and just saying yes to everything. Um, what's the ask to? But you know if you're only on once a month, it's hard to establish community mm-hmm. in that because mm-hmm. hey I haven't seen you mm-hmm. you know. So what's what's kind of that like sweet spot where you you kind of looking for somebody? Hey, can you serve X amount of times a month? I, I most of the time let people dictate. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've never prescribed like I want you to serve twice a month, and everyone has their own life. Everyone. I have some guys in the team that have four kids. I have some guys in the team that are in high school still. Wow. So obviously, naturally, a high school kid's probably gonna have a little more time than a dad or a mom with probably kids in a full time <laughs> job. <laughs> um, so I let them dictate it. I mean, I I, I send out that that uh, blockout thing from planning center. It's like, hey, and. I have enough guys in the team that I can almost always fill it. Once every three months, I just ask, like, hey, any chance you can? But I, I make that ask with the right person. But I follow up. If I mm. do make that ask, generally I'll, I'll have lunch with them or try to gift them with something. Just give them the love with yeah. the big ask. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, one last thing I just want to say. Any extra nuggets on the MD thing before we move on? Because I want to ask you a little bit about some other cultural sure, things that you sure. guys do here. Just another piece of advice, that nugget for an MD that you've learned along the way, maybe the hard way. Uh, I'm wired this way, but I, I know some guys, um, you know, Kamo, the guy I mentioned, he feels this too. It, you, it goes a long way. Even if you don't have to be excellent at the instrument, it goes a long way to know about the instruments that you're leading. Mm. Because, I mean, all my drummers out there, someone goes, hey, can you do more of like a boom boom like thing? And you're like, I don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah. What is, what is that? But if you're like, hey, can you give me more of like eighth notes on the hi-hat, maybe some kick drum on two and four and bass player, instead of the octave up, play it on like the E string. Yep. Those guys go, the one, they'll respect you. Mm-hmm. Two, it's clear. Mm-hmm. And three, like they'll follow you, right? Wow. But if you do just do like those weird sounds and if you don't know anything about their instruments, yeah. it just helps it. Know about a guitar player's pedal board. Yeah. Know about keys, pads. Yep. Know about bass stuff. You know, you don't have to be proficient at it, but it just helps you talk to your team. Because, you know, if you're a singer and you're trying to lead, you're rolling your eyes because they're like, I don't know, cause can we just have more energy? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, how do I bring that? Right. Well, what's interesting is like maybe you're listening and you're like, I don't know how to speak the language of a bass player. Mm-hmm. Here's where you start. You ask them about it. Yeah. Hey, hey. so I'm on this song as you're learning, I love what you're doing. What are you doing? You know, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. and you can find out a lot about that. I mean, I think there's such a beauty in like having this hunger for learning. And none of us, I think, will ever arrive fully on this side of eternity. So mm-hmm. we're always in the constant learn mm-hmm. mode. And I think it's so key when you can talk the language of your band. Yeah. Um, that's so good, man. Well, I want to ask you guys a little bit about, and, and I've seen this in Life Church. I've seen it here at Mosaic where you guys integrate covers mm-hmm. uh, yeah. into your series. Into Now, we didn't do one today. Uh, but, you know, I've been up here where we've covered Chris Stapleton, yeah. you covered Marin Morris, and you've yeah. done different songs. So what's the thought process behind that? I know this church reaches a lot of unchurched people. Yeah. I mean, your guys' tagline is a church for people who don't go to church. Right. Um, but what's what's how have you seen that with your band, um, kind of owning those spots? Um, and then to somebody that would say, well, uh, you know, I don't know if cover songs belong in church, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, what's your what's your what's your heart behind that? What's your thought process, and what's the results that you guys have seen from that? Sure, um, Jonathan, our, our lead pastor now, he he gave such a great vision on this years ago, and I was like, got it, I'm in. Mm. 
of what did Jesus do when he taught? He taught, and then what was the medium of the time? Well, the medium yeah, of the parables. time was parables. It was storytelling. Yeah. And all of those storytellings had to deal with not church kingdom related stuff, farming, cleaning your house, the parable of the lost coin, wow. dropping seeds. So they used the medium and the things that people were familiar with to mm. teach a principle about God. So, so, good. so our medium is different. It's pop culture. It's it's songs. It's it's you know graphics. It's all this stuff. So how can we take a song that already exists that people are familiar with, flip it on its head and have it teach something about God? Wow. So that's what we do now. We, there's no power in cool. We say that we don't do specials to be cool. Mm. We are very picky with what we do, mm. and we're we're sensitive to the artists and what's going on in pop culture. It's like yeah, maybe we shouldn't do a song from that person given mm. a headline of late. Right, but uh, you know, we just did a dating series, and so it's like, how about let's pull? Well, that's an easy one, honestly, to fix songs. <laughs> so many songs, so many like Harry yeah. Styles. We did some some really great stuff. I comb through the lyrics, I comb through the content. Um, the band loves it. I mean, shoot, and honestly, like yo, MDs out there, you want to have your band like just grow real quick. I mean, mm. we know how difficult worship stuff is. The most difficult worship song is not that hard, right? When you throw in a two, watch right. out. Hey. You know? <laughs> but these radio songs, I mean, that really teaches your band how to play some serious stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, so that, that's our vision behind it. And it, we only do it when it undeniably ties into the sermon. Mm. And we, we would like to think, and I do think it happens. I know it happens. People are out there, they're, they're on the road, and it comes on the radio, and they go, yeah, my pastor like taught on this song the other day. Oh, wow. Makes them think about the sermon. Huh. The other thing it does, you know, we're a church where people don't go to church. They're not, they don't know what songs we're singing. Yeah. They're probably not singing along. And they might have their arms folded or their fists clenched metaphorically. And that radio song, they, I, it's our goal to like maybe have them loosen their hands a little bit. And Just go, disarms a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that song. That's kind of, all right, that's kind of cool. Huh. Um, so that's why we do it. Um, we've been doing it for as long as I've been going the Mosaic. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool when you think about that. Jesus literally did use the pop culture of that time. Farming, yeah. agriculture, and yeah. all, I mean, church planting, mm-hmm. plant that seed. Yeah. You know, it's like all of these agricultural terms that we still use 2,000 years later yeah. go back to those moments. Another thing that you guys do here, and and it's so, it seems like it's a very um, commonplace, like almost every service is you do baptism mm-hmm. within the worship set. Yeah. Um, what is those? What do those moments look like? Because um, I know you know at our church we maybe do, um, you know we'll have like twenty or thirty people sign up for baptisms like once a month, mm-hmm. and so we'll have like two or three songs that kind of play as they're getting baptized out in our lobby. It's a different place, but yeah. you guys do it like right next to the stage. Yep. So how do you integrate, you know, and this is just like best practices, ideas kind of thing, but like choosing the right song for that baptism moment um, and then going in and out. Cause I love that. It, it's so seamless in like, there's a camera set up in front of yeah. the, the baptism mm-hmm. tank. And you know, it's like you, you call to the band, Hey guys, we're going to out of the second chorus, you know, as the MD, cause with the talk back mic. Yep. And that's something we can talk about too, is sure. like just integrating the talk back. Yeah. What's talking too much, what's not talking yeah. enough. <laughs> but but just talk about that a little bit, like the baptisms thing, because you guys are a church that baptizes left and right. I love yeah. that people are getting saved here and coming to know Jesus. Um, how does that integrate with the worship? Like it just sure. goes so well together. Sure. Yeah. Our former leader, Pastor Carl, great guy, uh, built this church, amazing, amazing leader. He um you know, he declared the win for our church. Anybody who read Andy Stanley's Deep and Wide, what is your win? What's your win? What's your win? Our win is baptism. Wow. Um, undeniably, theologically, it is our it is our win. So, what do you communicate about your win? And this is just our win. I'm, I'm not I'm not judging how anyone does baptism, but mm-hmm. if we declare that's our win, what are we communicating to people if 
we celebrate our win once a month. We mm. want to celebrate it every week. Now, mm. And listen, to those of you who are listening about baptism, we are very uh, meticulous about how we come through people. Yeah. Like we ask a Just lot of— Just prep them. Yeah, a lot of tough questions. It's not spontaneous baptisms. It's not watered down. It's big. It's our biggest thing. So we want it in the middle of a song. Mm. And so I, I've learned over the years through hard, hard uh, lessons of like— there are songs that lend themselves better to it, mm-hmm. and there's, there are areas of the song, too. And we learn this by trial and error. It's like you, we like coming out of a baptism with the chorus again or something big to celebrate, like yeah. loud, big, like this is awesome, man. Yeah. People are getting saved. You know, and there's a way to—it's easier to get into baptism. You crash down. It's fine. We're, we're to the camera shot. But when someone comes up out of the water, then you don't want, like, the down bridge. Mm-hmm. Right? And sometimes songs don't have those That's moments. a celebration moment. Yes, yeah. absolutely. They come out of the water, and then we're singing that chorus again. Um, so I, I learned the hard way with that uh, of, like, oh, that felt weird, <laughs> you know, because we want people to celebrate. Um, and so I build it my Ableton track, for those of you who are listening and who do Ableton. I build just, like— we crash down on the song, and then I just have a 10-minute pad. Because sometimes we have like six baptisms, sometimes wow. we have one. Okay. And then I have um, then I have a keyboard firing, so when they come out of the water, I hit that, and it takes us to the next part of the song. Gotcha. And the pad is the filler, so that yep. we, we never like lose. That's really cool. So, yeah. you know, not just baptisms, but communion. That's like a weekly thing that you guys do yep. here, too. And I would imagine it's kind of the same thought process, choosing communion songs. We did that. At the church I planted in Nashville, we had communion every single week. Mm-hmm. So we would have a song that's kind of like geared towards the cross, geared towards mercy, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, as a band, not play too much that oversteps that moment, mm-hmm. um, but has that just, it just goes well with it, whether it's communion, baptism, maybe you're playing under a, a message. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what does that look like for you? Uh, we have a, a similar service flow, as I'm sure most churches do. Of, of just kind of musical go-tos that, that I, you know, whatever key the next song is in. You know, you'd be surprised um, to back up a little bit. Um, I, might, I might make people angry with this. <laughs> Some, sometimes people say, like, led by the Spirit. Sometimes if there's more spontaneous moments that it's more spiritual, but we have a, a phrase here that we say that the Spirit is also present in the preparation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, we're just... I just had somebody on the podcast that said the exact same thing. It's 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 true. I can't tell yeah. you how many times I've picked. Like, I have the music picked through November for my team. Mm. And that Sunday, John lands the plane on the sermon. We go into our last song, and I'm like, only God could have done this. Wow. Because perfect song, perfect, perfect moment. song, perfect moment. And it's like, holy moly, the Spirit was present in the preparation, too. Wow. But anyways, for the nuts and bolts, you know, oftentimes I'm playing keys these days, and, and I listen to the pastor, and, and I, and I kind of pad or play piano underneath as needed. We give them space for communion. We kind of have some rules, so to speak, scare quote rules, are like drums just kind of don't work in those quiet areas. Yeah. You know, kick drum or cymbals. I, we try to stay out. And then even during baptism also. Mm. And it's, you know, when you're doing communion, it's a private, intimate moment. Yeah. I either pick songs and or arrange songs so that... When they're opening their eyes, they're taking a breath, they're ready to engage in worship. It's not like, bam, like the band is in. Right, right. right. Jolting. Yeah we, yeah, we kind of like ramp it up and then back down for baptism and ramp it up. It's a roller coaster of, of dynamics. Dynamics uh-huh. are so important with the group. That's a key part because as you're listening to music, it's not all monotone. It's not all on the yeah. same. There's valleys, there's mountains. Yep. And as an MD, this is this is a great segue because as, as an MD, a lot of times you're going to have a talkback mic. Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to tell your band, hey, we're going here. Yeah. Some MDs are like, hey, 
good luck this Sunday. They don't ever say anything <laughs> for the rest of the set. Yeah. Others are like, hey, I'm going to call out every change, chorus, bridge. It's like almost doubling up what the cues say in the track. Yeah, right. So w- where do you find that balance you know, if you're listening and you're like, man, I want to rig up a talk back to be able to have those in the moment uh, conversations with the guitar player or the, or the you know, the piano player. Yeah. Or if you're from, you know, if you're playing keys to tell the drummer, hey, go to kick right here, build it up. You yep, know, yep, yep. W- what's that balance and how do you do that here yeah. uh, with the talk back, Mike? How do you use that? Sure. So first of all, let me plug OptiGate. OptiGate. OptiGate is, I saw it on... I feel like from this podcast, I need to get like four sponsorships I know, OptiGate. Hello, Curtis Parks. (laughs) Um, We do a hardwired mic, and what OptiGate is, I saw like some elevation rig rundown, and I was like, that's what I need. Because sometimes I MD from the drum set, Mm. and then naturally, it's picking up all the drums, and those people turn me way down. Right. So then when I have to whisper directions, nobody hears me. I'm like, what the heck, guys? So there's this thing called OptiGate. You put it in between your microphone and the XLR cable, and it's a laser gate. So only when your face goes up to the microphone, it opens. So you can talk to people. Yeah. Back up, turns off. Wow. So there's no bleed, you know, so MDs buy. It's a little pricey. It's like 250 but oh, best thing I ever purchased. Well worth it. Well worth it. Um, So... I we were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to beef on people. I don't give too much direction, so I, I expect my guys to be memorized. We don't have music stands on stage, but I, I and I used to be an educator. But too. praise God, you have confidence monitors Hey-o. for the singer that doesn't ever remember <laughs> lyrics. Yeah, I used to be an educator. Uh, I was an educator in uh, private public schools for ten years. If you are a crutch at all times for people. They don't memorize stuff. You wow. train people not to memorize if yeah. you're constantly going one, four, six. Yeah. Um, Right, but at the same time, I want the big moments of the of the service to be special. So if there's hits, abnormalities of chord changes, or a special moment in the song, I'm going to communicate that every single time. Yeah, you mentioned something today, and and I I never thought about it before. I was you were like, hey, can you shout out the keys before we do it? Because you were just moving your capo a bunch, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and and I was just as like, every acoustic player does. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and I was, at first I was like, Curtis, come on, and then in my head I was like, you know what? You have a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. You're leading, you're, you're worshiping, your body language. It's like, I'll, I'll shout out the keys for you. And I was like, I was like that's, that's a good idea. Mm. But I don't want to be a crutch for yeah. people. Yeah. And because the more that people, like if they're not prepared and they're relying on your MD notes, they're not fully present on stage. Wow. So I want my team to be like super prepared so that they can experience what God's doing in the room. Yeah. Not just be a tool, but also worship themselves. Wow. So the more they're prepared, the more... They are engaged with the ser- the service the more they're worshiping. So all that to say, my MD stuff, I I am between not a lot and medium, right? Yep. yep. I you know you heard me just today. enough, just enough. Like yep. hey, th- there's hits here. Don't forget the hits because mm-hmm. like, the hits are important. Or hey, there's a three chord here, which is not like in verses one and two. Yeah, like that type of stuff. That's really cool. Yeah. Hey, last thing I want to ask you. All right. Um, you know, production, worship. Those are usually two teams that work so constantly together and yet you know in the church world sometimes we don't always have the best communication or like mm-hmm. hey why would we're, the feedback or hey why didn't you play or you missed this cue or this and that how um what, what's the advice that you could give any worship team member out there uh on just synergizing and staying unified worship and production mm-hmm. teams together and how you talk to one another and mm-hmm. how you honor one another and how you work together mm-hmm. Uh, I th- one thing we've done, and I, maybe churches do it differently, but we, you know, we have a green room. That's the production green room. Mm. So between services, during services, you know, we don't generally see production people during the service because they're while we're off stage, they're doing cameras and stuff. But between services, excuse me, we we hang out. 
Yeah. And we have fun. My my team has fun. Yeah. I, I'm a I'm a I'm a nut in there, man. I try to keep the energy <laughs> high. I like I love to laugh. We love to laugh. And so our production and band, like we we know each other. Yeah. By name and we talk to each other, we That's laugh. Key. Yeah, it's it's really great. I think it was like an unintentional thing that Mosaic has always done. And when I look back, cuz when you're saying like, man, sometimes teams have a division. I'm like, "Oh, I, I didn't know that." Yeah. We just always hung out together wow. between services. That's awesome. That's one of the things that, like, we used to do. We were in a small room. We did five services a weekend. Wow. And we, you'd rub shoulders so much with your team. And once we went to two services, I'd see my guys on Sunday and be like, I miss you. Oh, man. Like, I miss you. Yeah. Because like, we hung out so much in the green room. And so um, that's one of the things. You asked this earlier, and I forgot to answer it, which is, I'm intentional, and my, my band is intentional, too. We're friends. Like, when we're there on Sunday, we go up on stage. Yep. The band always hangs out in the room as people leave, and they come up on, oh, what pedal are you using? Oh, cool, yeah. look at that, man. So they're always hanging out, always coming up and talking to us on stage. That's key, man. Just yeah. create that community, that culture of hanging out. Yeah, man. Not just coming here to do a task, but coming here to, you're my bud, man. Yeah, and do yeah. life. I yeah. love it, man. Yeah. Tyler, this has been a great conversation. Thanks awesome. for joining us, man. Thanks, Curtis. You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit curtisparks.com.